people, um, you know, can be a little more choosy now than they could last year. Last year, they almost had to make a sight unseen offer, but now they're taking the whole weekend looking at sef, you know, looking at five, six, seven houses, and they get to choose the best one because they're not flying off the shelves as fast as they were last year. So put out a damn good product. So if you get someone in the door, they're going to want to buy that house. That's one of my favorite tips. Um, another one of my tips is, uh, you know, stay away from those rehabs that are hundreds of thousands of dollars that take longer than, you know, a few months, you know, uh, who knows where the market's going to be this time next year. Um, hopefully it's better, but we don't know. So you want to, we can predict what's going to be happening in three months, a lot better than we can in 12 months. So, um, get it in and out, stick to the rehabs that are like 20 to 40 grand cosmetic rehabs, put out a good product, put it on the market in a good part of town and it's going to sell. You're listening to the Ordinary Guys Extraordinary Wealth Podcast, hosted by us, Sam Prim and Lucas Walls, investors, entrepreneurs, and best friends. Two millennial Midwesterners who started a real estate side hustle and now own $40 million in rentals without using any of our own money. Now we're two average guys teaching other people how to use real estate investing to create financial freedom and generational wealth. If you're ready to learn how to take control of your future using real estate investments the simple way and have fun while doing it, you're in the right place. Let's start today's show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ordinary Guys Extraordinary Wealth. My name is Sam. And I'm Lucas. And Lucas, let yes. me talk to you straight. You ready for this? Talk to you me You ready straight. for real talk? Real talk. So over the past 12 to 24 months, we've bought $25 million in real estate. Dang. We've done over 100 flips. Yeah. We've wholesaled over 400 houses. Dang. But I am confident that in the next 12 to 24 months, because of the market and because of the recession, we are going to buy more rentals, we are going to flip more houses, and we are going to wholesale more properties because of what we're going to talk about in this podcast. We're going to talk about how to take advantage of a market shift and how to take advantage of an economic recession. How does that sound? That sounds pretty cool. I love the title of this, and I think we're going to provide some major value for everybody. I feel like this is like showing people the secret to invest during a sh- I feel like we should be charging for this podcast. We like, don't? We don't. Oh, man. It's free. Free? Should we start to charge? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, this will be fun. This is good. I'm excited to do this one. I've put some thought into this. I've done some content around this. So I'm excited. What we're going to do is we're going to walk you through the three main types of real estate investing. We're going to walk the audience through wholesaling, flipping, and buying rentals. But we're going to focus on strategies that work during a, you know, softer market. You know, mm-hmm. not. we're going to talk about the market as well and kind of get our opinions on it. But the market's been crazy hot. Over the yeah. past 12 to 24 months, it's not going to be as hot. I know that. I don't think it's going to be horrible. But we're going to give strategies that will allow people to take advantage of those three main types of real estate investing. So you tell me that you're telling me that if interest rates double, the market's not going to be as hot as it was. Well, yes. There you go. All right. Is that does that, that make sense? That makes sense to me. Yeah. And they double yet. They're still. Or they haven't quite doubled, right? Or have they doubled? Close. I think. Uh, well, 30-year fixed mortgage rates in January were like, you know, three and a half, give or take. And I think now they're like six. So, yeah, close to double. Yeah, I think, yeah, I guess you're right. Last I checked, it was like 581. But it, yeah. it, it's actually kind of started to teeter. You know, I think it's been like six. It's been five, five. It's actually gone back and forth. It's starting to not rise as quickly. Yeah. But I always hear that they're going to raise it again. I think the, the Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, said we're going to pump the brakes on the real estate market and that's exactly what yeah. he is doing and if it wasn't so strong before all this happened you know so fundamentally sound i think it would have completely put um 
the brakes and the halt on the market. And, and that's not exactly what it's done. Like you said, it's more of a, a softening. But uh, this say this would have happened at any other time throughout these last two decades, it would have been a bigger deal than what it has been in this mortgage rate rise. And I don't think that everybody, you know, is like a genius, but I think they have a lot of data and they're pretty smart. And I think they know that. I don't think they would have ever done this if it wasn't the circumstance that led up to this. I don't think they would ever have doubled interest rates in less than a year unless it was like it was. Yeah. So I, I think they kind of know what they're doing. I know they've, the Fed is known to not have super soft landings and they've tried. And I, I feel like they're doing a pretty good job yeah. so far because the market is super hot. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the market now, give you our quick opinion on it. We are recording this in the end of third quarter of 2022, in case you're hearing this in the future and you're like, these guys are idiots. Well, that's when we're recording it. So that's kind of our perspective. And then we're going to talk about how to wholesale during a economic recession and a real estate softening. And we're going to talk about how to flip and how to buy rentals and give you some strategies that we are going to utilize to do more than we've done in the past couple of years. So walls, I've seen a lot of data, and you have too, about the real estate market slowing down. I've yeah. seen some John Burns data. I saw some yesterday um, about, have, did you see that remodeling report that they're talking about? Yeah. So I've the seen. remodeling report, so it's way down from what it was. Yet, to give the audience, you know, that can't see this, there's like three plate, there's like three spots. It's hot, like level, and then cold, let's mm -hmm. say. And we are... It's gone way down, but we're still in the hot category. We're not even in the like normal category. We're way far away from the cold like or dipping category. Mm -hmm. So people are just used to what it was doing, and it's just pulling back from that. I like to say it's decelerating. We're still moving forward. I feel like the houses that I own today are going to be are worth more than they were a week ago. And in two months, I feel like our rentals are going to be worth more than they are today. It's just not growing as quickly. So it's decelerating, not stopping or going backwards. What yeah. say you? Yeah. So there's a lot there. So, you know, we look at a lot of different data to figure out where the housing market is. And some of the easiest data for us to get is um, data in, in the past, right? Uh, and everything in the past right now. You can't get future data? Well, we, we, try. We, <laughs> yeah, try. we try. We try to predict, but, you know, y you can't. You can only prepare for the worst, right? And that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're not going to predict what's going to happen in the market. That's No one can. Um, but the past data for the St. Louis market, um, you know, we, uh, August, we still saw year-over-year -year appreciation of, of 6%. Uh, and that's still high. You know, we kind of want to get that probably down to more like two or three to four percent range and that's that's more healthy and sustainable but um you know there was times over the past 12 months that we were seeing like crazy numbers like 15 percent right so um we're going back looking at the data and all the data is suggesting that st louis has 1.8 months of inventory still crazy uh a hundred percent of list price to contract price still um and uh home price appreciation is, is still strong in the St. Louis market. So we try to look at other data to see where the market is going. And no, though we can't predict it, we still try to figure it out the best of our abilities. And Sam was talking about some of that other data that, that we uh, subscribe to. But uh, there are there's half of the builders out there right now are dropping prices. And that's a big number. That's the most since 2010. So um, it doesn't mean they're, they're not going to sell for a great number still, but uh, builders are obviously uh, with new prices. They, they see um, a lot of things before any of the rest of the market does. They, they measure foot traffic, they measure sentiment, they measure um, how many 
uh, vacant homes are available in their community. And that's kind of the stuff that we're, we're, we, we're seeing a, ahead of it to try to figure out where this market is going. And I also think, and I'm, I'm not saying you're not, but there's a lot of pessimists out there. I'm more on the optimist side because real estate's been so good over the past, you know, 150 years. But they also material prices have kind of leveled off for them. So they're basing, you know, their price off of materials and materials have gone down. So their price is going to go down if they can't get it anymore. So, yeah, I think things are things are definitely slowing down a little bit. You know, in 2015, then let's move on to the actual topics on how to invest during this these times, Lucas. But in 2015, 16, when we started, interest rates were that we could get on uh, our investment properties were six percent. Yeah, that's what we can get Commer- now, pretty commercial much. Commercial rates, yeah. So it's it's the same as it is in 2015, and then it took 30-ish days to sell a flip in 2015. Mm-hmm. We're not even there on that either. So I don't think my point is, I guess nobody said the market was crashing in 2015, and we're still in better shape than we were then. I guess is what I'm trying to say. In my opinion, from yeah, what I have see. average days on market before it goes pending or whatever is a, like 27 or 29 right now. So we're in a good spot, you know. But, you know, interest rates going from what they were in January to what they are now, it's just caused a lot of this uncertainty, you know. So it, we're at a really weird spot, and we're going to try to figure out where the heck we're, we're going to land at. And there's some strategies that, that we think you should do while we're kind of at this inflection point, and um, you'll be safe and profitable going into whatever the market does in the future. I like it. All right. So let's get into what to do. We're not predicting a crash. I'm just predicting the market to be softer and we're going to show you how to invest in a softer market. And the deal of the week, this this episode is really good. I'm going to mainly have you. We're oh, burping again. Celsius again. Yeah. I'm mainly going to have you walk through the numbers for TSS, our, our okay. storage facility development, but I'll, I'll add some color as well, obviously. But we're going to tell you about our storage facility development that um, the building blew over three times in a storm. So it's going to be an interesting deal owed the week today. All right, Lucas. Yeah. When there's blood in the street, you buy real estate. Oh, that's uh, Is that a saying? Did you just make that up? When other people are fearful, you buy real estate. Yeah. Is that it? That's no. What, I think... W- Warren said that when other people are scared yeah. buy real estate and double down on crypto. No, he didn't say that either. But the point is, and <laughs> I think it does make sense that when other people are kind of shying away from something, it's a good time. And that's why I think it's a good time for people to invest still, because I don't think anybody thinks that real estate's a bad investment. However, if you're buying properties the right way now, the way that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. in this episode you can make a lot of money right now because guess what people still need to buy houses people still need to rent people still need to sell the real estate mm-hmm. markets keep trucking on i built my first house in 2011 people yeah. still built houses in the worst of the worst so it's, it happened. it's crazy like sentiment from uh, March. sentiment you said that twice now and you i think you used it right man i am that's good i'm yeah. proud of myself i'm proud of I you i still don't know what it means i'm, I'm just throwing it you. out there but uh so from march 2020 to now the 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 buyer sentiment or the, the sentiment around <laughs> the uh, the feeling around real estate has been perception you know, perception whatever word there's obviously a lot of other words you can use in place of sentiment but um you know everybody was af- afraid of what the heck was going to happen and rightfully so so when the pandemic hit like where the heck is any business going in three hex also hmm? that's three hex you said heck three times as wow, well. Wow, all right. Let's get a tally board up in here somewhere. <laughs> it looks loves it. Let's this just pick apart fun. every word he says. This is so yeah. fun for him. Oh, right. You said fun twice now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, you know, people were very afraid uh, in, you know, March, April, May of January or, uh, of 2020. So, 
and then all of a sudden the, the real estate market took off and it kind of took some people to see, oh, yeah, this this is great, uh, real estate. I, I would say it took till 2021 to figure out that. But me and you, you know, we, you know, noticed that people were kind of bowing out, and that's when we dove in head first. Uh, and that was some of the best times to buy real estate maybe ever. We've uh, ever seen, we've yeah. ever seen in, our, in our history. Right. So in all of 21 was people, oh, my gosh, real estate's amazing. There's no way you can lose. And that's when we were like, all right, um, Maybe we should look and see what the heck is going on. Because when everybody and their brother wants to do it, that's when you know something weird might happen. So we've kind of readjusted our plan and kind of saw it come back down to uh, people not feeling good about real estate. And all the span of two years. A lot's happened Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we're kind of just looking at what the best strategy is for for us to create wealth and find cash flow. And, and, uh, you know, we're going to talk through some of the strategies here. I got one sentence that I think is powerful, and then we're going to talk about how to wholesale in this this current economic state. A recession can provide a unique opportunity to accelerate your wealth. Yeah. That sounds like I just... I mean, I did, I'm sure somebody else said that exact sentence, yeah. but I hadn't heard it from anybody because I think the less competition, but real estate's still a good investment. People still need to live. So I think this is going to provide a unique opportunity. We've already seen buyers go away. We've already seen apartment deals and deals mm-hmm. become easier to, to get. Yep. So better, just, better deals are out there now than they were um, three months ago, six months ago, no doubt. That's my point. We're not going to stop buying. So I think we're going to buy a lot. That's why I said at the very beginning that we're going to buy more. All right. So wholesaling, let's quickly talk about it. We have a podcast episode, a few that a few episodes ago that we talked about it, but wholesaling is basically, you know, getting a property under contract to purchase on a purchase contract. And then rather than closing on it and funding it and fixing it up and renting it or selling it before you close on it. Usually you just sell it to somebody else and they do all that and you get paid a fee for doing it. Um, So there's not a ton of risk in wholesaling Mm -hmm. in general, but I think if you're concerned about the market and houses aren't appreciating like crazy and you don't have a ton of experience, the first thing I think is you should have wholesaling be maybe a bigger part of your game plan than it maybe was this past couple of years. This past couple of years, you could totally F up we still haven't said the F word on this podcast. I don't know that we will. Oh, we'll but drop it soon. Maybe. But it's got to be meaningful. All right, there you go. Meaningful F word. But you could F up a lot and still make a lot of money. And people did in mm-hmm. the past two years because the property went up 10% over the six months you rehabbed it, which is sounds crazy, but it literally happened. Yes. Like a $200,000 house was worth two twenty when you got done fixing it yes. up. So you could have screwed up a lot and still made money. Yes. So um, uh, we love wholesaling as part of our business regardless. Um, wholesaling right now is more challenging than it was a year ago. Um, a lot of the, you know, a lot of, a lot of fear in the market and some of those investor buyers, especially maybe the mom and pop buyers, or even like the big dogs, the hedge funds, they, a lot of those guys have, have dried up. Um, and the people that are still buying are people like us looking for deals. So, um, you got to get that investment property, maybe tighten up your buy box a little bit. I think that's part of a huge strategy for wholesaling the right way now because deals are still selling, but they're not selling at um, the inflated prices they were six months ago. So for us, what that looks like, instead of buying at 75% minus repairs of the ARV, uh, we're buying 70%, 65% minus repairs of the ARV. So we can sell it at that 75%. Um, so that that's what tighten up our buy box looks for us. But getting back into why wholesaling is so important, more important now than I think ever, is you know during a recession, um, 
liquidity is going to be king and having having cash in the bank as credit tightens up is going to be extremely important and uh, wholesaling does that that's what wholesaling is you don't have to have a lot of inventory you don't have to take down a house it just puts cash in the bank so wholesaling now is more important than i think in the past five years yeah because i'm confident that there's never going to be a time ever but especially in the you know in the near future that you can't sell a good deal so just you get good deals that's the you know hunt good deals you're always going to be able to find a buyer yeah. maybe you're not going to make the 25 grand that you were making on the past few wholesales maybe you're making 15 which is a big yeah. percentage less but it's still a good profit so yep. some tips on wholesaling to kind of hedge some risk in a market you know market shift so the first for me would be you've already given some advice would be just good transparent contingencies. So contingencies that allow you to back out of that contract. So when you're writing your contract, like I talked about when you're wholesaling, you put a 14 day contingency in there. And if the seller's not okay with it, they're not okay with it. Don't hide it. Let them know about it. But it's a very standard thing. When you bought your personal house, when I bought my personal house, when anybody on here bought their personal house, there was a inspection contingency on it. For sure. Like you get the property inspected, a bank's not going to fund it if they haven't had a professional inspector that sees the roof, sees the attic, all looks at the sill plate, all the stuff that homeowners don't do. So having a contingency in a real estate contract is extremely normal. So in your wholesale contracts, just have a two week contingency. And that just means Mr. and Mrs. Home Seller, here's what I'm going to buy your house for. I need two weeks to inspect the property at a higher level. And you know, if I decide not to buy it or I can't sell it, you can be as honest as you want. In two weeks, you know, I'm not going to close on it. And you can, you know, sell to somebody else, you're no worse off than you are right now. So having that transparent contingency, I think is key, uh, yep. is key. Yeah, need that contingency, um, especially if you don't have the means to, to take it down and make sure you're being transparent as possible. Um, when you're under that trans, uh, that, that contingency, now is the time to find your good cash buyers. Um, and they're not as many as there were. Did you steal that from me? I wrote, I wrote, I wrote good cash buyers. You stole that. Okay. Moving on to tip two, get over it. <laughs> not, not during that time period is the find is the time to find good cash buyers. And, uh, not all cash buyers are created equally. Um, uh, we've had a lot of trouble recently selling our wholesale deals with them falling through at the last minute. So, um, Make sure that person on the back end of your wholesale is a strong buyer, a reputable one that you trust and you know that can execute on that contract. How do they find good cash buyers, Lucas? Whew, a lot of trial and error because, okay. I mean, we still struggle with that. Um, you like the Google term. So um, some of the biggest, best cash buyers in your market, you can find them on Google. Like if you're in St. Louis, look up, uh, you know, cash home buyers. Our company, Faster House, would come up. And if we put um, our contract, we'll close on it. Yep, and there's exactly. other there's, uh, companies like us in every market. Yep, if we give you a price, that's the price we're going to close on it. Uh, we don't go in and, and re-beat you down. Um, otherwise, uh, local meetups, you know, there's a, there's probably 30 different in buyers at least at our maybe probably 50 at our local meetup that we have that are looking to buy deals and then the facebook groups you know that's where all the real estate investing facebook groups that's where most of the deals get posted and that's where a lot of deals get sold on that page that's where i would go those three all right and then i like the other the last little piece of advice we kind of hit on it before we get on to fixing and flipping yeah. and hedging your risk is just take the good cash buyer 
that's a good profit. Like I said, you used to make 25 grand maybe yeah. for anybody, but if you know that they're going to close and you're not making quite as much as you think you should yep. make or could make, just get in, get in and get out, in make and that 10, out, make that on, five. Do the next one. Yeah. Make that. Yeah. Don't try to maximize it and yep. go with the, somebody that's unknown or out of town that you don't know their funding source because they offered you $2,000 more than somebody you have dealt exactly. with before. So just yep. go with your good tried and true cash buyers and, you know, just get what you can out of it and move on. Yep. That's great advice. Thank you, Lucas. You're welcome. All right. The next strategy that a lot of people like to use and utilize in real estate is flipping. You buy a distressed property, fix it up, and you sell it. So there's things that you should probably steer away from in the next 12 to 24 months, in my opinion, and we're going to. Mm -hmm. We talked about it earlier, but the last couple of years, you could do a huge rehab that took forever, that went over budget, that you, you know, went over time, everything, and you still made a lot of money. Yeah. I don't think we're there and we probably won't be there for a while. So what are some what are some tips you would tell people that still want to fix and flip because they like it and it's more profit than wholesaling yeah. usually? Yeah, I, lo I love it as an exit strategy still, a way to way to make money. Um, you know, our last three deals that we put on the market had uh, multiple offers the first weekend. Um, so um, so tips, number one, put out a put out a good product. You know, there's uh, people um, you know, or it can be a little more choosy now than they could last year. Last year, they almost had to make a sight unseen offer, but now they're taking the whole weekend looking at Seth, you know, looking at five, six, seven houses and they get to choose the best one because they're not flying off the shelves as fast as they were last year. So put out a damn good product. So if you get someone in the door, they're going to want to buy that house. That's one of my favorite tips. Um, another one of my tips is, uh, you know, stay away from those rehabs that are hundreds of thousands of dollars that take longer than, you know, a few months, you know, uh, who knows where the market's going to be this time next year. Um, hopefully it's better, but we don't know. So you want to, we can predict what's going to be happening in three months, a lot better than we can in 12 months. So, um, get it and out, stick to the rehabs that are like 20 to 40 grand cosmetic rehabs, put out a good product, put it on the market in a good part of town and it's going to sell. Um, I'll do one more tip, and then may maybe you have one too. Um, I stole all the ones I wrote down. Well, on this the paper. one I don't think so on there. So, uh, uh, the the last one is uh, buy houses to fix and flip that people have to move in. Um, people, uh, you know, there's still people have to move right now. They're relocating. They are. Um, their their landlord kicked them out. They just had a, a baby, they, they don't have room, so they have to buy another house. And usually that is not the, the luxury type homes in the, in the area. It's the, it's the workforce housing in, in, our in our neck of the woods around that median price point, maybe that two hundred fifty to $350,000 price point. Um, those buyers are not going away anytime soon. I love it. You crushed that one. So I just want to piggyback off a couple of your points before we move on to rentals and then our deal owed to week. Um, so I think it's really important to do quick cosmetic rehabs. You kind of talked about it, but didn't use it in those exact terms. The market, the market physically cannot shift that much in two to three months. It just can't. It's too big. It's like a big, huge ship. It can't make a 90 degree turn right away it's got to make a slow turn it's just too ginormous the numbers are too big yes of course it can dip a lot over time and the the from 2007 to 2009 which is the worst downward dip that i've ever seen or seen the data on it went down 23 percent. so it went down less than a percent a month in the worst ever on national average of course some markets were hit worse than others so a three-month period worst case scenario you know assuming you're in a 
decent market that's not getting crushed, you're gonna it's gonna go down a few percent. So in a 12 month period, worst case scenario, it can maybe go down 12%. And that's a big number. That's probably your whole profit. But if you get in and out quickly and just, you know, do a three month rehab, worst case scenario, it's gonna drop two, three percent. So those quick cosmetic rehabs, because A, the market can't shift, and B, so much less goes wrong when you're replacing kitchen cabinets and a countertop and flooring and painting than digging into walls or moving staircases or repairing termite damage or you know just dealing with a roof or a just ton of different big ticket items or windows that are delayed right now because of materials so just in and out quickly the market can't shift as much and a lot less can go wrong and the holding costs are obviously less because most people borrow money when they flip yeah um so yeah those are mine just kind of piggybacking off of yours and the other thing to kind of play off of the first point is maybe wholesale a little bit more. Maybe don't do three free halves at a time right now. Maybe just do one or two and wholesale the other deal. You know, you think you can make 40 grand on a flip and you're doing two other ones. Maybe just wholesale and make 20 grand. Yeah, we always say one in the hand is better than two in the bush. So you got to think I think people say that. I don't think we say that. Well, I think we like say it the, in our flipping business a lot because we always have the opportunity to make 10, 15 grand on a on a wholesale or maybe make 25 or 30 on a flip uh, with a lot less risk a lot more time um you know i more times than not we take that wholesale deal and just move the property and move on so uh, i think we also say wish in one hand and shit in the other see which one fills up first i don't i don't say that okay. i wouldn't if i was you either that's terrible <laughs> is it it's not <laughs> no, a good one all right all right so those are the first two tips the third one is rentals and this is our favorite yeah we're most passionate about it. This is the wealth builder. Rentals build wealth. And with the the market shifting a little bit, you know, let's talk about some tips that people can implement and still buy rentals because even if the market shifts and your rentals worth 5% less or 10% less next year than it is now, over 20 years, it's guaranteed, in my opinion, to double because every 15 years, it's doubled in, since 1900. So even during the 08 crash, it's doubled, you know, from mm. 2003 to 2020, it doubled. So yeah. or 18, whatever the math is, every 15 years, it doubles. So in 20 years now, I'm confident that whatever you buy now is going to be worth double what you bought it for. So a little bit of shift. So I guess I'll hand it off to you. But before yeah. I do, just having some perspective that a little bit of a shift and, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to be able to time it perfectly and it's not going to go up 8% a year for the next 20 years. It's going to shift and go down and up. So if it dips a little bit and softens a little bit, it's a long-term rental and you're managing it properly and it cash flows, you're going to be fine. It's going to be worth double what it is right now. Yeah. I think with, with wholesale, with the fix and flips, with the rentals, there are new challenges that have came up over the last six months than what we've seen before. With, uh, with the wholesale, the new challenges are tightening that buy box and getting quality in buyers for your property. For fix and flips is you know, creating a really good product because buyers have the ability to, to choose now. We don't have to jump on it the first night it's on the market. And with rentals, I think the challenge is at the moment is cash flow per, uh, uh, personally. Because of interest rates probably, right? Yes, yes, definitely because of interest rates. So rents are, are rising still at a pretty, pretty large clip. Um, and uh, But interest rates are, are rising right along with it. So um on, on a deal that, you know, three years ago, Sam and I would like to cash flow $200 per door per single family rental per month. Um, we're just not seeing that right now. You know, we, we think a, a quality deal that, that we see is more like $100 per door. Those $200 cash flow doors are not in the probably parts of town that we want to be buying at the moment. Um, 
So we've been passing on a few more rentals than we have been just because the cash flow is not quite there. Because uh, instead of four and a half percent, we're getting six or six and a half percent on our refinance. Because we, you know, most of the time we use the burst strategy and uh, we've executed it, you know, 15 times this year. Uh, uh, and uh, we've had no problem with appraisal. You know, comps are still strong, but um, that cash flow is not quite to where it used to be. Uh, some ways to combat that, I think, are. Uh, watch our next episode. Uh, we got a creative financing episode, so that'll help with can- cash flow as well. But also just just keep a good pulse on where rents are going in the market. I think you can put out a nice enough product that you can push those rents a little higher than you think you could have, than you probably would have last year sometime. And most people listening, I know the audience, there's some obviously extremely experienced people listening, but most people are newer to not investing yet. And just so you know, the numbers, you know, we talk about $200 per door. That's with, you know, we have a business analyst that takes part of the salary. You know, we have, we have a lot of overhead, way more than anybody else that's starting out investing. Most people manage the properties themselves yep. and, you know, all these things. So most people get, you know, I would say 250 to $500 per door cash flow. So if you're doing it yourself and you're getting $400 or last year, you're getting $400 a month cash flow and you're managing it well, Maybe this year with interest rates, like maybe you're getting 275 yeah. and that's a big dip or it 250. Yeah. So just be comfortable with a little less cash flow in the short term, lock yeah. in your rates as long as possible. Because if the market, if the rates go down in 12 to 18 months, you can always refinance. Yep. And if they go up, you're locked in at least for a little while. So just some perspective again. And, you know, if you're doing it well and you're getting market rate and everything, you still should be able to cash flow. What you know, not quite what you were, but it should be enough. And if you're cash flowing and you're dealing with the right banks, they're not going to call your notes due. I always talk right. about when we met our, our our guy Tim over at American Bank. He told me our very first meeting with him in 2015, probably 16. He's like, I didn't call one note due from 2008 to 2012 that if was they're paying. They're making their payments. They're yep. making their payments. Exactly. So as long as you can make your payments and collect rent and uh, set money aside for vacancy when it's not rented and all those things, you're going to be just fine because if it does dip more than I think, it is just a blip on the radar. That's obvious. I mean, the Dakota over there talks about it, the worst ever, you know, drop ever. 18 months later, it was back to where it was, you know, it dipped a lot, but 18 months, it was, it was already, it was already back or close to it in most markets. So it's just a blip in the radar if it does dip more than I think. Yeah. And I think you hit on something important there. Those you know, quality banking relationships are important for a lot of reasons. Um, that's one of them. Um, but, uh, you know, there's some, there's some probably tightening going up in the, in the credit market out there. So those of you that are putting debt on rental properties, um, like us, uh, you know, we have guidance limits with certain banks, right? And, uh, we have to stay within those guidance limits and build relationships with those banks to allow us to to raise those guidance limits. But this is not a time where banks want to increase their guidance limits. So you got to build that strong relationship with them so they're either comfortable increasing that guidance limit so you can continue to build your portfolio or um, get involved with another bank and build a relationship with them so you can start building uh, uh, another part of your portfolio with them. Yeah, I think in general, all the three topics that we talked about, just make smart investments. Don't try to hit home runs and push it and just stick to the fundamentals. If you're doing a good burrs deal and you have a nice product that you put on the market, it's going to get rented still. If you do a good flip and you, you know, bought it right and you did the things that are required for the market, you didn't over rehab it or you didn't try to cut corners, you just did it right. 
it'll still sell. Yeah. So just stick to the fundamentals. And, and we've pretty, always been about sticking to the fundamentals, but it's pr- it's more important now than it has been in the past two years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we try to, and we get away from it because we just do. That's what happens. We don't try to, but it's just more important to focus on the fundamentals in the next 12 to 18 months yeah, or 24 we, months. All right. So deal O the week. Deal O the week. This is Troy uh, Storage Solutions is what it is. It's a, it's a storage facility that we bought, and it had 66 units on it. It was just a mom and pop with four signs, just very typical, four signs on, on the building with different phone numbers that weren't answered and no website, just a very underutilized storage facility with some acreage next to it. So we're going to walk you through this. We're going to do an episode on this. I already kind of have one created because it's such a cool story, but let's briefly talk about it now. It's called a teaser, in case you're wondering. Oh. Were you wondering? No. Okay. All right. So we bought it. Uh, we don't need to go through the numbers because we'll save that for the episode, but we bought it at a really good price yeah. and then we rehabbed or fixed up, painted the units that were there. Mm-hmm. And then we decided let's build a couple more buildings yeah. on some extra land that, that it came with. Yep. And then the lot next door that we bought with it, let's throw up or no, at first we said, let's do some over the road boat and RV storage, just throw up a fence and some gravel yeah. and we're good. But the two buildings went up easily, bro. They went up great. And um, then we decided to do what? We decided to build another building. Is that what you want to talk about? Yeah, is it a big one? Yeah, decided, decided to build a, you know, uh, a large building, 255 foot long with, um, I think it was 14 by 40 bays, in fully enclosed bays for, you know, RVs, trailers, buses, whoever wanted to park it there. Um, because we built the other two buildings so successfully, and the other two buildings have smaller units, more like 10 by 10s, 10 by 15s for more stuff. But we built these for um, enclosed in, in trailers uh, because we we analyzed the cash flow. You know, uh, an, an open, not covered parking space, we can get like 60 bucks a month for give or take. But with these fully enclosed one, we can get like 200 bucks a month. So did a cost analysis. We're like, oh, let's let's build this building. Um, much different type of animal. Um, constructed it poorly during construction. It blew down how many times? Trace. Trace blew down three times during con- construction. All the sheet metal all over the road. We're getting calls from the city. We're getting posted on Facebook pages like, "Who is this?" Getting like, shared yeah, by getting hundreds sh- of people. Hundreds of people. So it was it was a mess. Um, and uh, we decided to cut our losses. It's at, I think after that third third blowdown and uh, just kind of level it and go back to our original plan and create a flat uh over the road parking lot with with not enclosed spaces yeah i think it was it was definitely a learning lesson for us and one of the biggest learning lessons we'll talk about in the episode though is we bought it so so well we bought it right after COVID hit you know they were scared you know the yep. kids inherited it from their parents and just wanted they got decent money for it it was, it was actually listed so anybody had a shot at buying it but we got it for a really good price so with all those screw-ups and inefficiencies i we're going to be all in will you know for 900 to a million and that's probably worth 1.5 to 1.8 so regardless yeah. we're going to have 30 to 50 percent equity even with the screw up so that just goes to show you the power of a good buy yep got about 20 more 21 more units to to rent to where it's fully occupied because we just finished construction you know a few months ago so now we got to fill it and then uh hopefully either refinance or or sell it right sam I think refinance, I don't you? Yeah, I like we'll, that. We'll keep that one. That's a good one. I'm good with not going buying anymore, but I, I yeah, I we got a construction loan on it now, so get that construction debt off there. Lock in something for for more long term. We can and, keep that with Timmy. We got enough guys yeah, in if yeah, we need yeah. to, which I think he'll give us more than anybody else. So, all right. So, the 
metaphor to leave this episode on before we give you your um, action item would be that real estate is so powerful that in booming economy, in a, you know, busing economy, in a bear market, bull market, there are so many avenues, ready for it, and streets and paths and alleyways and directions and forks and driveways, driveways and sidewalks, sidewalks and uh, paths. Did you say paths? I think I said paths. What about um, hollers? No, that's not really. You can walk in the bottom of a holler, right? Yeah. Sure. Okay. So many different avenues to go down that you can always make it work. If you stick to the fundamentals and you, you know, analyze things and you lean on other people, no matter what the market or economy is doing, you can make money. Now, are you always going to make a killing? No, but people get hurt when they over leverage themselves and stretch themselves at the wrong time. So now is not the time to over leverage and stretch yourself. Now is the time to stick to the fundamentals, make good buys, and just keep moving on until this thing kind of gets out of it. So we would really appreciate it. You don't have to, but we would really, really appreciate a review and a five-star rating. You don't have to, but... It'd be cooler if you did. He hates doing that, but he's going to do it every single time. So if you would please, if you're watching this, you know, make sure to follow the YouTube channel that we launched, Ordinary Guys Extraordinary Well. So if you're listening to this podcast, obviously we love that you listen, but we do have this on YouTube. And if you're on YouTube, we have the podcast channel as well, so you can watch it a little bit of both. So thanks for being here. Really do appreciate it. We will see you on the next one. See you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you got some major value from our conversation. If you love what you learn, make sure you like, rate, review the show, and help us spread the word by telling a friend. If you'd like to learn more about working with me inside one of my programs, we'll have those links in the show notes, along with all our social media handles, so you connect with us there for free. If there's a real estate question you'd like us to answer, feel free to send us a message and we'll cover it in an upcoming show.